All right, so let's look at point 10. Point 10 tonight, and we're going to talk about sanctification. We're going to talk about sanctification. Let's quickly define, before we dive in and read this and, and go to all the scripture, Let's we've, we've heard that word a lot, so I, I think we're somewhat familiar with the word sanctification. So what, what does sanctification mean? Becoming like Christ, right? And so, what does what does that mean? Becoming holy. Becoming holy. Right? There you go. So, to be sanctified is to be made pure, to be separate, to be made holy, to become more like Christ, right? And our work, or the work of sanctification is one that we've already been talking about. There's actually two. Um, there's uh, positional sanctification, and there's progressive sanctification. What is positional sanctification? Does anybody know? All right, then what's progressive? Positional was when oh, you were saved. When we were saved, that's right. Very good. So what we would call salvation, right? So all the points we were talking about, Justification, salvation, regeneration, that is positional sanctification. It is the point when we were regenerated and we, we came into Christ, we, we came into Christ, right? Um, sometimes that that point in, in our own minds is defined. We know exactly when that took place. And for some of us we don't know. We're just kinda like it might have happened somewhere but you know, roughly around here. But we're thankful we know that God knows. Right? God knows, and he has done that work. Therefore, we have assurance not in what we have done or what prayer we might have prayed or what aisle we might have walked up or whatever it is. Our assurance is in, in what God has done through his grace in our lives. Okay? So, uh, progressive sanctification then is what? Ongoing. Ongoing, right? It's the ongoing sanctification. So, in that first positional sanctification spot, we have been given the righteousness of Christ, right? And so we can be called saints, and we are righteous, and we are holy in a sense, right? The holy royal priesthood. But what's why do we still then need to be sanctified? Why is there the need for progression or progressive sanctification? Why is there that need? Because we're in the because we're what we're never going to get there. What were you going to say? Because we're definitely that. Because we're not perfect. Because we're not perfect. Sin is in the world. Because sin is in the world anymore. We're still in the flesh, right? We're still in the flesh, and the flesh desires sin, so we need sanctification. And this is us, the process of becoming more and more like Christ. It's it's really amazing because. It's just like any kind of, um, uh, 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 I think, things in the, in the scriptures that, that point to the end times, and we see realities of that even now, uh, and what we will see in the future, that there's this, ar- this tension between the already and not yet, and, and we see that in ourselves. The already, our positional sanctification, I'm in Christ, and, and then there's the, the not yet. We're still, being, we're still being sanctified and becoming more like him. And that's the point we're going to talk about tonight is this um, progressive uh, sanctification. 
Um, so point 10 of sanctification. Does everybody have a copy? Actually, I don't have any extras anyway, so it don't matter. Uh, whoever has a copy, read it nice and loud, point 10. is the process by which according to the will of God we are made partakers of his holiness that it is a progressive work that it is begun in regeneration and that it is carried on in the hearts of believers by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit the sealer and the comforter and the continual use of the appointed means especially the word of God self-examination, self-denial watchfulness and prayer alright I, I don't think so no, you did so point the first section our first line so we believe that sanctification we've already talked a lot about sanctification to find it is the process by which according to the will of God alright so the process of becoming more like Christ is the will of God for your life if you've ever wondered what God's will is for your life I am being prophetic to you now and telling you that it is for you to become holy that this is God's will for your life if you pursue this his holiness in his word then everything else will fall into place you got that younglings right and we got that pursue this holiness sanctification that this is the will of God for your life make no mistake according to the will of God we are made partakers of his holiness right so that that holiness was started at what point what did we say where did that holiness start at in the in the regeneration which is the positional sanctification right and and now it's continuing as we grow in holiness and that holiness looks like Christ his his holiness so let's look up some some passages uh, First uh, Thessalonians four three James, also uh, Ben you look up five twenty three, uh, Carson Second Corinthians seven, and uh, let's see here, I'll I'll read Ephesians one four. First Thessalonians five three is what you said. You do four three, okay. and Ben will do twenty five twenty three. What twenty five twenty three? Jokers. Jokers. All right. First Thessalonians four three. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Immorality. All right. Right. And there's actually a list that continues there, but right there, right. This is the will of God for you. All right. And to be holy. To be holy. Ben, read 523. 523. Yes, sir. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. In his final instructions here and his benediction to the Thessalonians, this is a prayer that he has that the God of peace will sanctify. And what does sanctify mean? <laughs> to make holy. That's right. 
sanctify you completely. Completely means what? All. All. Completely. Right? <laughs> means completely. Right? Nothing nothing lacking. Right? Nothing's missing. What a prayer. That's a prayer we should have for each other. That the Lord would sanctify us completely. And may your whole spirit and your soul body kept blameless, right? Sinless and free. Because we're being sanctified until the coming or at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We would be sanctified and blameless until the second coming. How about that? That's a, that's a great prayer. That's a great prayer. Second Corinthians five or Second Corinthians seven one. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. All right. Since we have these promises, to cleanse us, keep us clean, sanctify us is what he's saying. Make us, make us more like Christ. Bring us into holiness, to completion. Go to Ephesians 1, 4. We're familiar with this one. We talked about this one quite a bit, particularly even last week. Ephesians 1, 4 talks about election. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, election, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So our, our election has an end to it, and that is holiness and blamelessness. So not only has he saved us positionally, but he is sanctifying us. His eternal purposes of grace and election is not just salvation, but also sanctification, progressive sanctification for us. That we would be holy and blameless. All right, let's look at the second line. That it is a progressive work. What does progressive mean? Ongoing. Ongoing. What else? Active. Active. What else? Elevating. Elevating. Increasing. Increasing. From the Obama campaign. Forward. Right? Forward. You guys remember that? <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Until right then, right? Good for you. All right. Sanctification. Can you spell it? All right. Let's look at let's look at our passages. I'm going to look up Proverbs four because I'm already there. Uh, Kenny, would you do Second Corinthians three eighteen? Kelly, Hebrews six one. Mary, would you read Hebrew or who did? I uh, already called six one, didn't I? Second um, Peter, one five through eight. James, Philippians three. Twelve through sixteen. <laughs> I call them out. I call them out, assuming people are looking at. I'm looking at. I apologize. All right, let's, Proverbs chapter four. Y'all listen to this. Y'all have to turn it, but just listen. He says this: Proverbs four, chapter eighteen. But the path of righteousness, sanctification, right, becoming holy, progressive, right, is like the light 
of dawn. So you see the imagery? The light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. What is he saying there? It means sanctification. Until the consummation is uh, until Christ comes back and you become more holy and holy until it's complete. Okay, so that's the full day. But it's a process. Do you see the process? That it's step by step, minute by minute, second by second of the sun coming up and dispelling the darkness in the day, right? Until it shines brighter and brighter and brighter. Sanctification is not a light switch. How about that? That's a good one. It's not a light switch. It's not something that just flips on all of a sudden, boom, here I am. I'm good. I look like Jesus, right? It is, it is a process. And so think of the encouragement there. It, it is an encouragement, brothers and sisters, that this is a process. That it is a step-by-step, just like I said on, on Sunday, that walking in the light is a step-by-step. Taking each step, each day. One by one. I can't tell you how many. I won't even think to. But I can't tell you, it's just one by one. Keep going. Just keep going. Until the brighter day, until the sun fully shines. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. But this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Amen. Same, same idea, right? Just same idea. And, and think, look at this, look at this. We, we with, with, uh, with unveiled face, are beholding the glory of the Lord. Who do you think he's talking about there? What's he talking about there? We, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. What is he talking about there? What do you think he's talking about there? Beholding... The glory of the Lord. Okay. Okay. Very good. We can see it, right? As 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 Christians, right? This is Old Testament kind of language here, right? Think of the the high priest when he would go in and make sacrifices before before the Lord with now with unveiled face. And why do we have unveiled faces now? Because of Christ. Because of Christ. We are now beholding the glory of the Lord. As we are becoming sanctified, we're beholding the glory of the Lord. Let's listen to what he says. That we are being transformed. What does transformed mean? Changed. Changed. And we're being changed into what? What Kenny said at the very beginning, we're being transformed into what? Into Christ. To look more and more like, like Christ. Into the same image into the same image, Christ, the Lord, from one degree to another. Right? It's just like we're talking about. It's a step. It's, it's one degree at a time. You may be on this degree. I may be on this degree. This person may be on this degree. But we're all being transformed. We're all going to the same place. We're all, we're all being transformed into the, into the same image, Christ. Yeah. Had to cover his face, yeah. Yeah. 
He didn't even know it until they were like, dude, put something on your face. You're hurting me. I love I love that passage right there. I love that passage. Being transformed into the same engine from one degree to another. Hebrews 6 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Amen. So I we we pleaded uh, uh, through our, some of our passages in Ephesians to, to mature, and, and that's what that's a mark of a healthy church is maturing believers and maturing Christians. And, and, and this is what we're talking about, the leaving behind the elementary doctrine of Christ and to go on to maturity. Well, just like we know in our, in our, in our children that maturity doesn't take place overnight. It, it's, a, it's a process of, um, of maturity. It's a, it's a process. And the same thing with, with us, that we are to continue to go on in maturity, and then we will leave the elementary uh, doctrines of Christ. And this is, this is sanctification. But what he's also assuming here is that we are growing up in Christ, right? That it's time to put away the, the things of that's elementary, right? That's why we're not in elementary school anymore. We, we know that stuff. We, well, Besides them two, <laughs> besides them two over there, right? We 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 leave these elementary doctrines and we grow up. And, and this past Sunday, we even talked about discernment. Oh, how we need discernment to know how to the think, the think biblically, thinking what pleases the Lord. And this is that that's a sign of 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 maturity, being able to think on that level. What what is what is discerning? And so, therefore, we are. Constantly pushing, pushing y'all into a, a greater depth in the knowledge of the truth of, of, of God's word. So that's Hebrews six one. Very good. Second uh, Peter. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self control, and self control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is. There's a great example right there of of what uh, sanctification looks like, and 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 what effectiveness uh, looks like in. In, in the life of a believer. Philippians 3. 12 through 13, right? 12 through 16. 16. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Jesus Christ. Let those of the let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Right. So what is he saying in this in this uh, in this section? What is Paul saying? Press on. Press on. Keep going. Keep maturing. 
keep growing in in the Lord. I love what he says, forgetting what lies ahead, what, what lies behind, and straining forward for for what lies ahead. That's good. I think that's a a, a proper understanding of of the gospel and, and forgiveness. Press on toward the goal, the prize of the upward call, and, and and God in Christ Jesus. And let those who are mature think this way. That's good. That's good. All right. So it's a it's a process. So our our sanctification is 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 a process. We're always to continually walk in the light, taking one step at a time, growing in Christ, growing in the Word of God. The assumption, the assumption is that we are that we are growing, that we are moving forward, that we are progressing. Let's look at the third line. And that it begun in regeneration. What is regeneration? Salvation. New life. You used a good Puritan term there, quicken their life. Yeah, regeneration, right? So that once again we go back to that positional, right? Salvation. Um, it began at this point. This is this is what we see where sanctification begins at this point. Um, and when does it end? When we see Jesus. That's right. All right. This passage is actually First John two twenty nine. I'll look that one up. First um, John two twenty nine. Romans eight five. Benjamin. Carson. Ephesians one thirteen fourteen. First John two twenty nine. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. So the righteousness that is practiced has come out of what is being done and has been done, started in regeneration. See that right here in First uh, John, Romans eight five. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. All right. So what do we see here in Romans eight? What does he say? What is he saying? What is he saying? This is a really important verse. You're so close. Where is she getting at? What does this say? There it is. That's right. So if you were to if you're going to live by the spirit then you must have been transformed by by the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh they set their minds on the flesh. 
Now, for those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the Spirit. Right? There's, there's two categories here, and you, and you can't put them together. The, the one who is in the flesh does not set their mind on the Spirit, even though they might try. Even though they may try to do Christianity and try to live and come to church and be a part of those things. But if they are not regenerated, then they cannot set their mind on the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. What Jesus was telling Nicodemus. Yes, that's right. John chapter 3. Very good. That is exactly right. The wind blows where it wants to blow. All right, I think he's what he says there. Uh, very good. Thank you, Miss Mary. Good job. Growing in discernment. Yes. All right, let's go to the next one. Ephesians 1. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. All right. So look what he's saying here. All right, it's kind of like the here's here's how salvation happens, right? You you heard the word of truth, you heard the the gospel, the good news of of salvation, and and by faith you believed in Him and believed in Christ, that He is the only way which we can be saved. The, the word of truth there, and at that point we were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's the guarantee of our inheritance. So there it is, the promise. There it is. Starts right here at salvation. The promise of salvation. All right, let's go to the next next point. This is a big one. This is a long one. There's a lot being said here. And that it is, it meaning sanctification, and that it is carried on in the heart's of believers by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the sealer and comforter. And so let's stop for a second there. What do we mean when we say that the Holy Spirit is our sealer? I think we even read the verse tonight. Talked about it already. He's our sealer. What do we mean by that? The guarantee for what? Your salvation. Guarantee of our salvation, right? That's right. Our inheritance. So he's the seal, right? So that we don't we seal envelopes, right? That's about all we seal these days, and um, not even really anymore. Um, but you seal an envelope, of course, for why? Because you want it to be safe while it's in there, so that when it's delivered and that person opens it up, they know that no one else has opened it up, right? So we, we seal it, right? And that's what this is. This is the, the safety or the security or the assurance of that salvation, of that guarantee, of that future inheritance, which is in Christ, right? The sealer. What is comforter? Why would he put a comforter here? Okay. Okay. What about the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit as the role's comforter? Okay. All right. He's the one given to us to help us go help go about our lives how we're supposed to. To comfort and to direct. Okay. 
Good. Good. Do you see how that applies in this in this uh, section here? Presence and power of the Holy Spirit, sealer and comforter. Yeah, to, to lead us and, and, and to guide us, right? The, the comfort of knowing that the Lord is with us and in us. That's comforting. That's, that's comforting and leading and guiding us and that he is actively working in us to bring about sanctification. So the Holy Spirit right, is carried out in the hearts of the believers by the power of the, by the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2. Let's go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Twelve, verse 12. Philippians 2, verse 12. It says, Therefore, my beloved, talking to church in Philippi here, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let's stop for a second there. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? Sanctification. Sanctification. Unpack it for me. Give me more. What does he mean by that? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? Okay. All right. What does it mean by work work it out? Out your own salvation. What else? With fear and trembling. Does he mean that we're saving ourselves? No. No. Let's look at verse 13. Let's see what it says. Maybe this will help us. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to work for his good pleasure. Do you see how it, it comes together there where it is, uh, where, where sanctification is is also it's like we are working it out we are progressing we are moving forward we are pressing in we are working on our obedience and holiness in in the lord but we also know that it is by god's grace and god's good uh good work and his will to work these things out in us so 
you see that there where it's where it's kind of a kind of a, a both and kind of a deal where, where it's God working these these things in us so we, we I think we talked even I think we might have even mentioned it last week I can't remember or it might have been Sunday uh, where uh, where we are we, we work we do these things unto the Lord but we know it's God working in us we know it's by God's grace that he has been doing these things and working these things out for his good pleasure. So important important verse here. Important verse. Go to Ephesians 4. Sounds like in that last verse too, he's on kind of saying that, you know, therefore, you know, knowing that keeping in view a holy God, that's more view of who you're as much as anything you're do is who it's to. Yes. That's right. That's right. It's, it's as unto the Lord. Fear and trembling. That's, That's right. More who he is. Ephesians 4. All right, so we've been through this, so we don't have to spend too much time in these verses. It says here, it says, And he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ verse 14 so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried out by every wind and doctrine human cunning by craftiness in the deceitful schemes and here we have here sanctification being worked out uh, in us, right? Even here through the through the church, into maturity, to the stature of the measure of the fullness of Christ. Very good. Let's let's skip over now to uh, to Luke, Luke nine. Toward the end of those verses there, Luke 9, 9.23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What does it mean to deny? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. What does that mean? There you go. Yeah, I was going to say. I was like, I'll take this part. Maybe not that part. You can have this side, but I'm taking this. Okay, anything else? To deny yourself. What do we mean by yourself? Denying your own motivations and your own uh, that you're wholly and fully and completely following Christ. He asked, you're just like um, the picture of it in my mind is Abraham. When God called him, 
So to deny ourselves is a, I think, a complete subjection and submission to the Lordship of Christ. Surrender. Surrendering, yeah. I surrender all. There you go. Denying of yourself, and your, your, your desires, your, your wants in this life, your lifestyles and comforts and things that we want is all, is all to be denied into taking up his cross. And what is his cross? What is he saying there? What is he talking about? His cross daily and follow him. What does he mean by the cross there? His cross. Is that Jesus' cross? Bill, you've been quiet tonight. Gatekeeper. Not sure you appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you answered the question for me. What does it mean by the cross there? His cross. cross of struggle with the flesh, our cross of um, our cross of suffering. I think Paul, what did he say? I'm trying to think of where it's at, where he says I do not consider myself there, you know, completing the journey, but it's straining forward. Yeah, Philippians 3. Yeah. yeah, we read just a few minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, it's, I press on, right? Because I don't consider these things Right, so that's our that's our cross. We've taken these things up. We're denying ourselves. We're taking them across, and we're we're following Him. So I said it's a it's a it's a step by step process. It's an everyday taking our cross up, denying ourselves, and following Jesus Christ. really good point that you brought up, especially at the end there, the reward, because I think Christianity has been um, has, has been put in such a way where we believe that it's it's really just about taking away from us, that it's about, you know, taking away all of your fun and taking away all the good things in this life kind of stuff and, and just living in a, a life of asceticism 
and 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 that's just not the that's not the case. I mean, the the the, the denying ourself and taking up our cross and following following Him is is going after the the greatest of joy um, uh, that. It can never be conceived. It never been can never be uh, given or even offered to us. I mean, there's no other there's no other place um, to to even so then to put it in comparison, and that's where we see uh, where Paul did that. Or I think it's in Philippians where he made the comparison that these things are I count all these good things in my life as rubbish in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. You know, as because because this is so much greater. So if you just want to put it on a scale. It doesn't even compare, uh, compare to it, and so that's why we 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 affix our eyes on Christ. I mean, sanctification is so much not just about you picking yourself up by your bootstraps, but it's about fixing your eyes on Jesus Christ, the Author and Perfecter of our faith. He has gone before us, and, and He has set a path for us for us to uh, to walk on. So yes, uh, He can. You can definitely say that taking up your cross and following Me. But we can also believe that Jesus says that cast your burdens and me for this burden's light. We can do it. Right? He's, he's established us to, uh, uh, in, in it and, and for it. Um, yeah, sanctification is hard. There's, there's no... And, and the, more you, the more you lean into it, the more you pursue it, the harder it's going to get. Right? That's, it's going to be harder the harder it gets. Um, my generation and the millennial generation and whoever's in between we look at adversity and we want to run from it if it's hard we don't want it yeah. take up your cross daily deny yourself and follow him kind of why he's saying all this in Philippians for me to live is Christ to die Christ's is gain yep. Yep. amen amen to that very good so we have that last that last line I kind of skipped over there. Um, continual use of the appointed means through the Word of God, right? Sanctification through the through the Word of God, we're growing. That's what we're. That's why we're using it now. Brings about sanctification, the Word of God, self examination, constantly ask, trying to be discerning, asking ourselves the the right questions. Why did I get angry right there? Why did I want to go do that? Why do I want to do this? Or asking ourselves the correct questions. Getting to the root. Getting to the heart. Self-examination. Self-denial. We saw that there in in Luke 9.23. Watchfulness. What do you mean by watchfulness? Watchfulness. What does he mean by that? Doing your work to be changed and lost the way. Okay. I mean, we can get caught up in. All right. Why would we be on watch? Because it's so easy to fall back into temptation. Okay. Because of danger, right? False teachers. I didn't. I didn't sleep too well during the during the storm. Why? I didn't sleep at all. I didn't sleep too well. Alert, watchful, and why? Because there could could have been danger, the potential of, of danger and damage, and 
and, and stuff like that. And so what is what is the danger to us spiritually? It's life. Sin. The evil one. So we, we are watchful. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Sorry, ladies. This is what real men are supposed to look like. We stand on the watch. You stand on guard. We don't, we don't turn our backs. We don't cower. We don't go to sleep. We stand up. We're watchful. We're vigilant. Right? Because every moment we know that the prowling lion is there to do what? To destroy, to devour us. And we know that. We see that. When we're not, when we're not being vigilant, we're not being watchful, boom, here comes temptation. And we're not paying attention. That's when it gets us. So be, we're being watchful and in prayer. And we're constant in, in prayer. We are praying without ceasing. I like the watchfulness as well because it also, I think it also shows us that we're uh, stronger together and we're watchful, more watchful and able to see more. I can't see everything. I need people around me to show me my blind spots, show what I can't see. We all have them. Yeah, caring for one another. Yes, absolutely. Shepherding well. All right, so we only got through one point, but that was a big one. Sanctification. Very, very important. Uh, very important questions, comments. Sanctification, progressive, starting line, and means. There's four. Sanctification, progressive, starting line. Starting line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Starting line. You like a race. I, I kind of was thinking about the race. Every time I try to get you know. started, I'm not way off. <laughs> so what was the last one? Means. Yeah, just what it means. <laughs> I wonder how many times you've said that in your lifetime. I wonder how many times I've said it. <laughs> oh, I have no sympathy for you, my sister. I have sympathy for your mom. She talks just as much as me. I know. I have girls. Whew. All right. Um, amen. I, I, I hope for, for one thing that this will at least lead us, particularly on this last point of of prayer that we would consider an amount of prayer to be praying for one another in or in each other's sanctification. And he'd be, be praying the things that we saw in, uh, um, in that Paul was praying for the church. Right, let's pray those things for, for, for one another. Pray for maturity. We're praying to understand the, the fullness of, of Jesus Christ, uh, and that we would mature. We we know that's what we need. We need maturity. We need maturity in, in, in Christ. So.